Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to Grace Bay Parenting, week number six. Uh, we just watched the video, so let me pray, and then um, and then let's dive into a little bit about what Tim said. Uh, Father, thank you again just for your grace, for your love, uh, for your truth, and how you bring us together and care for us, that you nurture us because you're a good father. And I pray that you would uh, continue to love us in such a way that we see how you love us, see how you nurture us, and we model that for our children as well, nurturing them and helping them grow up in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Tim talked about um, four things uh, today as we looked at week six, and um, he talked about living large by thinking big. And the four things he talked about were power, life, possessions, and others. And so I want to look at, at those uh, four things. He, he first says, uh, Jesus calls us to live extraordinary lives by gaining all of our power from him. This is a fascinating statement because I find that in, in this Christian life, we're either operating on God's power or we're operating on our power. And oftentimes when we operate on our power, uh, things don't go so well because we're not that wise. Uh, let's look at Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And when you get there, if someone wants to read that, that would be fantastic. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, but my burden is light. Okay, so this is a great verse. Jesus is so incredible. He says, if you're weary, if you're heavy burden, come to me, and you'll find rest for your soul. This is fascinating to me, because uh, if we're honest, life gets a little heavy sometimes. Life can be a little burdensome at times. But Jesus says, come to me, I'm here, and I love you. But, but the key that I want to look at today in this um, is when we look at verse... I need to put these on. When we look at verse 28, he, he uses the word burdened, right? And, and some translations would say, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. And then in verse 30, he uses that same word burden. But now he says that it's my burden. So this is really fascinating to me. What's the difference he's talking about here? Well, firstly, he's talking about a heavy burden. What's, first, let's talk about what burden is. What is burden in this context? Burden is responsibility, right? He's saying there are responsibilities that we have, that we all have. For, for us, contextually in this class, we're talking about parenthood. That's a responsibility that we have, right? And, and so let's just plug that in. If, if parenting is overwhelming to you right now, 
Come to me, Jesus says, and I'll give you rest. And then he says, be yoked with me. Take my yoke upon you. You guys know what a yoke is? Yeah? You think of two oxen and the yoke is like this? It's a, would you say it's a pain in the neck? I said it makes me think of an egg. An egg. Oh, yoke, right? Different, different Y-O-L-K, Y-O-K-E, right? The, the beauty of the English language. Um, but, but a yoke wraps around two oxen, two oxes, oxens, neck, oxen, neck, necks. That's a fantastic statement. Let me keep talking here. Um, But it it yokes them together so that where one goes, the other goes, right? And the beauty is when they're in unison, there's greater strength, greater power, greater direction. But if one tries to go one way, they work against each other. And that's when you get a real pain in the neck, right? A heavy burden. Um, So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and I will give you rest. So then he says in verse 30, there's another burden, my burden, my responsibility. In other words, here's what happens is that when we operate on our own power, one of a couple things is happening. We're either A, trying to do it all on our own, and leaving God out of it. Or B, we're trying to assume responsibility that isn't ours, that God didn't encourage us with, that God didn't give to us. And so that becomes heavy in our life when we're trying to operate on our own power and we don't have that power, or we're trying to do something that we haven't been tasked to do. Because remember, and we'll look at this verse later, John 15, 5 says, Jesus, Jesus says, you can do nothing apart from me. So if we're not inviting him into this, it's just not going to work. If we're not including him in this responsibility, it's not going to work. So, so for our children, uh, this is about surrender or control, right? Are we surrendering things to the Lord or are we trying to control everything? And our children will see this. They will see the, the angst and the manipulation and everything that follows when we're trying to control a situation. And they will see the peace, joy, and contentment that follows when we surrender a situation. Surrendering doesn't mean giving up, but it's like Jesus says, giving over. And so as we do this and we operate on his power, we can show and encourage and model this for our kids going to God. And then we can do that with them. Hey, this is a burden for you right now. You have a test. You have a quiz. You have a friend that's being nasty to you. Like, let's go to the Lord. This is a burden. The, the, the responsibility of, of being a good student is a burden right now. What's happening? Are you trusting God with this? The responsibility of being a good friend right now is, is burdensome. What, what's happening? Are you, tr- are you inviting the Lord into this? Are you asking wisdom in this matter? So he, he goes on and he talks about life. Um, and he says this, that God's presence and power are clearly evident when you compare scarcity thinking with abundant thinking. And this affects how children, how we view life. And ultimately, this is about fear or faith. Are we operating with fear or are we operating with faith? Fear is a really crazy conundrum to me. You ever notice how fear is never about an actual? It's always about a potential. 
that's crazy, right? Like, it's illogical. And yet, it can grab us so hard. And fear is paralyzing. And I think this is why Jesus talks about worry so much. And I'd encourage you, read Matthew 5 through 7 and look, especially in in chapter 6, look at how much Jesus talks about worry and what he encourages us with. That God even cares about the sparrows. How much more does he care about us? And so, in this life, we can operate with faith. And faith is simply trusting God with all things. Right? And I think this has a lot to do with control as well. Surrender or control. Faith, fear, is about control. Like, I'm afraid this won't happen. I'm going to try to control this thing and exert this and, and move this so that I get what I want. But faith is about surrender. I trust you, Lord, that all things will work together for good to those that love you and are called according to your purpose. It may not be, I may not understand it. I may not get it. I may not like it. But I trust you. And that's a challenging and a hard place for us to be. But how much more greater peace, contentment, and joy would our children have if they see us model this and learn to live like this? So let's look at possessions. He talks about possessions. And he said, let me see real quick. That it that scarcity thinking or abundant thinking will view what we have. You know? How how we view what we have. So possessions is just asking the question. Is this mine or is this the Lord's? Is this mine or is this the Lord's? When I was uh, growing up with, you know, as a young parent, um, the kids would always ask when we were about to go somewhere, they would be like, whose car are we taking, yours or mom's? And I'd always be funny and say, neither, we're taking God's car. And then every once in a while, we'd be driving somewhere, and we'd get somewhere, and I'd be funny, and I'd be like, all right, everybody out of my car. And, uh, and they'd say, Bella especially would say, this isn't your car. It's God's car, you know? But, but there's this beautiful lesson in that, right? That all we have and all we are is the Lord's. And when we start realizing that, we have this beautiful thing of it's all His, And if all he is and all he has is mine and all I am and all I have is his, then, man, there's abundance, right? There's abundance. Jesus, when he teaches us to pray, let's look at Matthew 6, a couple chapters to your left. And and so we're, we're familiar with how he teaches us to pray, but I specifically want to look at verse 12. Would someone read Matthew 6, 12, please? And forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Okay. Um, some translations say this, and this is, this is a really interesting thing to me. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What's trespassing? You guys know what trespassing is? Going somewhere you don't belong. Going somewhere you don't belong, right? You ever remember, remember those signs, no trespassing, right? 
Okay, so trespassing is going somewhere you don't belong. But, but I think Jesus' point is this. How can someone trespass against you if it's all God's? So instead of holding like this, this is mine. Don't trespass. Don't come here. Don't take this. Don't use this. Don't violate this. We are like this. It's all the Lord's. And so I can't be trespassed against because it's his. And if you take what's his, well, that's between you and him. And if he was entrusting me to it, obviously I need to be a good steward of it. But I trust that if I'm a good steward of it and it's broken, taking, taken, or, or violated in some way, then I can trust that he's faithful to restore or give something else or help me be content without it. And so how do we teach our children to live in a mindset that says, this isn't mine to possess, right? Because when I'm possessive, I'm aggressive. Whoa, get out of here. Don't touch this. That's mine, right? Mine. Can't have it. Mine. But how about when we live like this? No, it's, it's the Lord's and you can use this. Because if anything, I learned from the Care Bears. Sharing is caring, right? Sharing is caring. So let's hold open hands and remember this covenantal position that all we have and all we are is God's and all he has and all he has is is ours. Um, Look at Luke 17 real quick. Luke 17, uh, a lot of you are familiar with this passage. We call it the passage of the prodigal son. It's Luke 17, right? No. Luke 11? Dun, dun, dun. This is where... Where's the prodigal son? I thought it was Luke 17. It's not Luke 17. Help, Peter, prodigal son. The parable of the prodigal son. Luke 15. Is it 15? I'm going to just name all the chapters and then we'll, we'll find it. 15, sorry. 15, sorry, Luke... 32. Thank you, Luke 15. Um, so, there's this amazing verse... Hello, can I speak to Papa, please? You may. Sure. Um, <laughs> look at Luke 16, verse 31. What does the father say to the son in, in Luke 16, verse 31? Somebody read that. Anyone? And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. Wow. Did you guys hear that? He says this, Son, this is the older brother who was upset at the younger brother for taking everything, squandering it, and then coming back and being treated like he never left. And, and the father says to the older son, My son, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. Do we hear that from God? Or are we trying to pine and get things because we don't believe He's really providing for us? Finally, how we treat others. Uh, When we have abundant thinking instead of scarcity thinking, this will affect how we treat others. And this is about comparison or compassion. Comparison or compassion. 
Compare, you ever notice the crazy thing about comparison? You ever compare yourself to someone who has less than you? Interesting. You've, you've never done that? But you, I mean, you only ever compare yourself to those who have more than you? So you're just setting yourself up to think poorly about yourself? Or think, oh, I must not be as good because I don't have as much stuff, which is wrong thinking. Or as some would say, stinking thinking, right? It's an interesting thing. Comparison is a trap and it's a danger. And it's, it's a horrible thing to do. And that's why Paul warns us against comparing ourselves. But there's compassion. And what does compassion do? Uh, we've talked about this previously. Compassion meets people where they are. Right? And so how are we going to live? How are we going to view others? How are we going to treat others? Are we always going to be envious and comparing? Or are we going to live with compassion and, and meet them where they are? And, and this is a beautiful thing to teach our children. Because believe me, this world and their friends... We'll compare. Well, what phone do you have? And what grade did you get? And da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But what if you teach your child compassion? That's awesome that you have that phone. That's fantastic. I'm so glad you got that grade. Good job. It's a free life. It's a beautiful life. But what is going to bind all this together is thinking. You guys, you guys meditate? It is a very, very important spiritual discipline that God has given us because meditation is the key from going to going from what we think to what we do. And when we meditate on the Lord and what He's told us and what He's said, be compassionate, be kind, be loving, forgive each other, um, operate on His power, live with faith and not fear, that it's all His and we're blessed to be stewards of it. That we can have compassion instead of comparison. When we meditate on these things, we will live like this. And so what binds us together is our meditation, is our thinking. And, and so meditate on God's word. Read it, meditate on it, uh, spend time with it. Let me pray and uh, Peter can wrap up. Uh, Father, thank you for this time. And we pray that we would spend time with you and meditate on what you say in your word. Because we know that when we do, uh, we will have abundant life in you and with you always. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, just as you think about where you are in your parenting, uh, we're talking about values. And uh, before you go, what I'd like for you to think about is what, what is in today's lesson from Tim that is helpful for you as you're working with your children. And um, the one big idea that grabs me, if you're kind of looking at all of these, the one idea that grabs me um, comes from a book that has really been um, a great read, The Coddling of the American Mind. And um, in The Coddling of the American Mind, there's this little section that talks about how we used to be a culture of dignity, but now we are a culture of victimhood. And just to jump a little bit on what Um, Adam was talking about at the end, and you can see this all the way through what Tim is talking about in the scarcity thinking is, I don't have what I should have. And because I don't have what I should have, um, there's something wrong with you. 
because you have what I want. And not only have I lost out, but there's something in your character. You got an unfair advantage or there's something that <clears throat> I really don't like in you. And Tim talked about that with just getting a gift of a vehicle, which a lot of people can't be happy with, uh, for, that somebody else got that gift. And so my one big, huge idea for you is to restore a dignity culture within your family. And a dignity culture is that everybody has worth because God has made them. It doesn't matter how well they perform. It doesn't matter what skills they have. It doesn't matter what they can do for me. It's that each person is created in the image of God and God will move through that person to do something amazing. And you have this idea of limitlessness in the sense that God is going to move us to where we can perform and then he's going to tip us a little bit over that edge. So that's why we pray through our day. That's why we ask for wisdom. That's why before tests we tell our children, you need to pray that God will help you. God is the ultimate cheat sheet for our children. He already knows what's going to be on the test. He already knows what's on the teacher's mind. If you have a child who's having a hard time connecting with the teacher, praying that God will help me to understand this class through the eyes of my teacher is what's important so that I can give that teacher dignity rather than be angry that that teacher isn't teaching the way that I want the teacher to teach. And the teacher isn't treating me the way that I want or the coach isn't treating me the way that I want is that there is this sense that God is the bridge between us. So one of the things that I would like to have you consider doing is opening up how that works for you. How does that work for you when you're stressed? How does that work for you when you are um, talking to your children and you're frustrated and they're frustrated? Do you stop and do you pray? You say, Lord, I need to invite you into this conversation to help me. And I need you to magnify your presence and your ability to create the right kind of experience for us. The skills that our children need will be learned through experience more than they will be learned through telling. So when you're looking at this scarcity um, idea, um, our children will naturally fall into it because that's what our culture does. And we have to help them to see that God rises above that and he can accomplish great things and help us to meet the challenges that we have. So as you are thinking about this, um, what is the one idea that you want to take from this? And that is my one idea that I would encourage you is restore dignity culture and then help your children to have this sense that that person is important and God will help me to have the right kind of relationship with that person, even if it's a struggle for me. Here's my last thing. I think sometimes God allows for us to have struggles in our lives so that we continue to need him. So please don't teach your children that they should not have them. Teach your children that in the midst of that adversity, that God is walking with them and that he is helping them um, to be able to meet the challenges that they are facing. And you join your children in that challenge rather than take the challenge away from them and help your children see their competence, how God is competent, and how God is going to help them move forward. Because when you are not there, that is the skill they have to have. They need to be able to rely on the work of God in their lives when you are not present. And you teach and you train it over and over again. And pretty soon, when they catch on to this, after at least uh, a thousand reminders, 
they will begin to see it actually does work and then they will forget and you'll have to remind them again because like us, we tend to forget those things. So go this week, enjoy parenting and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.